cut you the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? If you're drowning and I throw you a life jacket, would you grab it? Yes, good. Pick up 200 shares. I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask them how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they going to say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? You're going to make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive. Learn how to push. Show them a 3% return. I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know this. That's it. I'm done. Hello and welcome back to Jacks. I'm Tom House. She's Eliani on the board. S&P Futures up 1350. NASA Futures up 3275. She's Eliani singing all weekend in cold weather, from what yes, I understand. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. But it was all right. We had a nice time. Everyone was very, uh, very, very sweet. <laughs> Well, I mean, it wasn't as bad as when Chicago was performing on New Year's Eve down by the Hyatt, and it was about 10 degrees. Well, yeah, but I, I would never, ever agree to that. <laughs> well, for the right amount of scratch you know, and the right amount of heaters, I guess you could figure out a way. Oh, my God, the stage heaters did nothing. Really? <laughs> they did absolutely nothing. It was so cold. I had at least three layers in the bottom, about four layers in the top. And then there was someone dressed like as a COVID nineteen vaccine because there was like a like a costume contest oh, aspect yeah. to the show. So when the guys and I got off set to to take our break because we we had like a thirty minute set break and there's also like a DJ there who I felt really bad for because like he he's like his equipment got rained on because he was put on to like stage right. But anyway, we go to get off set and then the announcer is like, "All right, guys, it's a costume contest time." And then all of a sudden, there's a bunch of just drunk people in costumes just getting up on stage with, like, tens of thousands of dollars of equipment. Most of it's ours. And I'm like, oh, please, God, please, God, make make sure everything's okay. Like, thankfully, thankfully nothing happened. But it's always stressful when it's, like, out of your control. You know, we're usually not not uh, doing that. Are they still skiing? Yeah, they were skiing. There's a lot of half-naked people as well. And it was raining. It was cold. And but everyone was very very nice to us. <laughs> so they still had some man-made snow hanging around, basically. Uh, no, there's it, it, was, it snowed quite a bit actually when we were out there. Um, really? Yeah, it was. It snowed the night before, and then it rained, and then it snowed some more, and then it was just like a it was just like a mix of snow and rain. So it was kind of icy and uh, a little tricky getting up and down stage with like the metal staircases that we had and stuff like that. But thankfully, no one got hurt. Good. We have we have Mr. Brennan. Yes, I'm here. How, How are you, are you buddy? Morning? Doing all right. It kind of reminds me, we one of my buddies won a, uh, I don't know what he did. He did, bought it at one of those silent auctions or something. We ended up going to Devil's Head late in the year, and I guess it was skiing. But the, the, the runs had pretty much slush on them, and the rest of the place was, was, wasn't a speck of snow anywhere. But it was like the last foot and a half with a man-made stuff, and it was kind of weird. But just saying. <laughs> uh, hey, what do you want to... Uh, where, where should we start this morning? We got all places. You read about this China crash? They went down in two minutes. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah. What, I, mean, uh, I, I was going to ask you what's going on with the Boeing stock this morning after that kind of crash. Well, it was down. I, mean, I know it's not. I, I know it's way too early to know if it was uh, related to anything mechanical, but uh, it is a seven thirty-seven, not a seven thirty-seven max, but the seven thirty-seven eight hundred, which has a, a long safety history, but a good safety history. But boy. I can't forget for Boeing. Well, it was down twelve yesterday, and I think it early morning when when we first well first first news hit the market, and uh, I think it finished maybe down eight, and it's up forty cents today, so it's down a little bit. But I don't, you know, as of now, I'm reading this morning that nobody can even think of what could have happened mechanically, manufacturer wise, 
for that to happen? I mean, you're talking uh, 25,000 feet in two minutes? No. Yeah, something like that. I think there's even more of a drop in one minute. They, they say just like really just falling off the tabletop, like a heavy ball weight falling off the tabletop. I mean, you almost have so to have a... 29,000 or 3,000 in a minute. I mean, you almost have to have a tail fall off or something. I don't think that happened, or a wing. Uh, yeah, well, that didn't happen because apparently it leveled out and climbed a little bit and then went back down again. Before. Yeah, pretty scary. Uh, yeah, you, you wonder, could that, how could that possibly be mechanical? Because they were pretty far into the flight. It wasn't like it was just on takeoff like the other ones were. No, it was, a, uh, was, it, was, just, was on, it was just on cruise. So, it, I mean, it's that's the uh, safest part of the flight, right? Yeah. Or you wonder, remember a couple of years ago when, um, uh, was it in Georgia or someplace like that, uh, uh, over the, uh, one of the Middle East countries or Russian countries where the pilot went into a mountain or the co-pilot, uh, flew plane into the mountain and killed everybody on board? Um, yeah, I do remember that, but it was, uh, I forget what the story was on that. But, uh, he did it on purpose, didn't he? The co-pilot. Yeah, he did it on purpose. Yeah. Or so they say. When when a pilot's dead, they always blame it on the pilot, right? <laughs> That's right. Um, what do you make of this? Uh, I'm almost getting to the point where I'm, <laughs> I don't know, I'm, I'm getting bad frustrated. I'm getting to the aggravated point about our, our Federal Reserve. What what kind of two-step is this guy playing, Brendan? What, what am I missing here? The guy, they talk about it every day, they threaten every day, and they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. I know. It, it, it is really frustrating. Um, I, I can't tell you what he's doing. I, I mean, I, I don't know what what he's trying, well, he, what he's trying to do is make sure that we tame inflation while not tanking the economy. But it's a very odd way to be doing it. Um, I think, well, this is going to sound like an indictment only because it is. I think we have to get, before we put people in that position, we have to understand what their definition is of economy. Now, everybody knows my job is a money manager, and the last thing I want is the market to crap out because uh, people aren't all hedged, and even if they are, you don't you don't uh, do well when the market goes flying down. Um, but it, it's clear to me, Brandon, that if if you if you put the you know the, the the things under the guy's fingernails and you said which is more important to you, the market or Inflation and all the people that it's hurting. The answer is the market, and I find that very scary on a long-term basis. Mm-hmm. And it, and yet it's it's as clear to me as the nose on my face that 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 is what the deal is. And now you, you find all the the people doing the two-step. Becky Quick and everybody this morning talking about how he can only go so as fast as the market will allow. What, what does that mean exactly? He's the one who pumped up the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't, I don't know how you. I mean, there are, I'm going to say, last weekend, there's obviously a lot of people have 401ks, a lot of people have investments. I have a lot of clients that are in the market, and and it's something we don't want to see, that wealth piece, we don't want to see disappear, right? I mean, obviously nobody does. Uh, Do I think it's a little too high? Yeah, I do, because they pumped it high. Um, How do you get back to normalcy without maybe some of these stocks coming back a little bit, which some of them already have? The answer is I don't think you can. But everywhere in this country, every time somebody did something last weekend, all they did was say they don't have the money to buy what they're buying. I mean, you're, you're eviscerating mm-hmm. your population. But at some at some point, this is this is two planes in the air that are going to crash. 
I don't know what I don't know. And the further you go, the worse it gets. I, mean, that, I don't I don't see how you avoid that, Brenda. But but what is I mean, who's who's running this show? Clearly, the eighty percent of the people that are being hurt by inflation are not running the show. Mm-hmm. Well, so, yeah. how, so, what's so how, well, how long how long are the policy is going to be in place, and will they be effective? Is this uh, you know is this design only? How long how long will this be in play to try to tame inflation and get things back to normal, so called normal? Um, I don't think you can you can talk about it. I mean, I I think it's like a it's like a leak in your second floor bathroom. You can talk about it, talk about it. At some point, you got to turn the water off. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and they're, every day the guy says something. Every day, at the end of the day yesterday, we we, we finished up on the day. We're we're up in the morning. He comes out with these very hawkish inflation comments. And all of a sudden, as the day went by, we ended up finishing up like in the, the S&P, or the futures anyway. I think the, probably the S&P might have been down, but the futures were up after the close. As everybody sits there and goes, yet another day where the guy says something and does nothing. I mean, it's, it's to the idea that you went to half of 1%, Brendan, the number should be like 6 right now if they actually want to, if they actually want to mm-hmm. fight this. Or 4 or something. And I, I, mean, I don't, I don't even, I, I just, I don't even, why, 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 what is, what is the two-step all about? Say you're not going to do it. Just, just tell the truth. I'm, I'm just. I can't disagree with you. Well, well uh. I, I, mean, I, I think. <laughs> well, if the inflation rate, the, the PIP number, PIP, I keep saying that, our P, that's our protected index program, don't Freudian slip. The the PPI number, I don't know how much you dug into it or if you listened to the show the day it came out. How many people, when when they say they came in at, what, 0.86 instead of 0.9 or whatever it was, and how that was a, a sign inflation is turning? I've never, I never underneath the, the headlights of that thing, or the hood, the, uh, the, the service part was unchanged, Brandon, and the goods part was up 2.4%. 2.4%. What, what is that going to look like if we ever got a straight CPI number? What do you think that number really is? I, I'm going to say this right now, the last six months and the next six months are going to be worse than of anything we ever saw in the 60s and 70s. I don't think it's ever... I've never that's seen quite a this, statement. What? I said that's quite a statement. Well, what do, you, what do you think we ever tapped out on there? 12% a year? No, no, I, I'm, I, I'm just saying that that's quite a statement to... And you know you could be right about that. Well, what, where do we? Where do you think we tapped out? On an honest inflation number, which I think we used to get back then. Well, we, we tap out at eleven, twelve. I mean, to think we're not there now is. Uh, <laughs> I think you got your head in the sand. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, we're 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 pushing nine, and and they and they have rent and housing up like two and a half percent last year. When everybody knows it's thirteen. So if you make that adjustment, how, how far? Where are you? No, you're right. Uh, you're you're on a path right now that, that I can't argue with. I'm in total agreement with you. So, what is the uh, if it stays here, and the misery index goes up a little bit? That one nobody's talked about that one for a while. What what happens in the midterms? The Democrats get shelled in the House and in, in the Senate. It sure looks like they're going to get shelled in any event. But yeah, that's going to people will go with their pocketbooks. So and that, and where you, you look at. So where does that leave us? 
well, um, two years of inactivity, of inaction in, in Washington, even more than has been happening now, because um, I, whether or not the, the Democrats can stay even in the, in the Senate or even gain in the Senate is very doubtful, but I, I don't see a way in the world that they're going to keep the House. And so you're going to have this uh, standoff and stalemate uh, in Washington, D.C., where you still have a, a, Republic, a Democratic president who will veto anything that substance that gets passed by the House and by the Senate, and there probably won't be enough votes to override. So everything will just come to a grinding halt for two years, which means that any of the activities that uh, Biden or the administration want to take to cure inflation will go by the wayside. And that's, uh, so I, I think that'll be two years of complete inactivity in Washington. Still make um, I don't know if we can, I don't know that we can handle that right now. I think we need some, some work Some work needs to be done. I, mean, I, I, yeah, yeah, I agree that we can't, we can't handle that as a country, but I, that's what I think is on the horizon. What, what do you think is the, uh, the separation between uh, when these people look in the mirror, what they see and what the rest of the people see? I, I don't think I've ever seen this kind of a split. I, mean, I, I hate to zero in on individual people, but I can't go anywhere when you, when you mention the market and people, you know, how, how it looks to me like everybody in Washington is doing a lot of trading. Every single person immediately picks out how much money this Pelosi's made since she's been there. And I'm sure there's other people that, you know, are just as bad or or whatever. And I, I think, uh, uh, you know, it's not like the Republicans. The one lady, Republican lady, was the one who traded after the COVID meetings, right? D- do they understand mm-hmm. that people are, are getting to the point where they actually hate these people? Hate's a strong word, but... That they they absolutely want they want no part of them. I mean, I do, do they, have, they have any idea the contempt they're being held in by a lot of people. Not everybody, but some. You know, it's 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 not like even. I mean, you you could disagree with Paul Simon all you wanted, but how could you dislike the guy, Bradley Stevenson, mm-hmm. or, or even Edward Thurson, Dirksen? But, I mean, these people are like all they're doing is lining their pockets, and and the people who go there, I. Uh, Actually, Brennan, I was, uh, I mentioned yesterday that, uh, Audrey might be able to get as a guest, uh, uh, the guy was the mayor of Orland Park. And, uh, and you might, this, actually, this is, a, uh, maybe a segue that you didn't, didn't expect here this morning. But he's now running for, uh, representative. Now, I, I have no idea what his chances are. I mean, he's got any money, whatever, but, uh, he's very, very popular in Orland, Orland Park. As a matter of fact, he's gotten quite a, uh, I, I don't even know the guy, but, but he uh, was very outspoken against a lot of the COVID stuff. He was the quickest guy on earth to say, hey, if you want to put uh, picnic tables out in front of your restaurant, do it. <laughs> Don't even look for a permit, just do it. I mean, he was very, very common sense oriented, right, And uh, in, in, in one man's opinion. Now, that doesn't mean I, I have no idea what the rest of his politics is or whatever, but he's running for U.S. Congress. I don't see how that's even, I mean, on, on the... On the, the theoretical chart, I guess that's a huge step up. I don't see it as a step up at all, Brennan, do you, right now? Yeah, that's an interesting question about whether a mayor is higher than a congressman or whether the mayor of Chicago is higher than uh, than a Senate position. <laughs> you, I mean, and not for the mayor of Orland Park, but you think about how many people, like Brown Emanuel, for example, uh, left, left Washington to run for mayor. Um, yeah, you hear other people being talked about for running for mayor of the city of Chicago. 
and uh, you got to wonder why. <laughs> I I agree that you, know, you would think that you would think that uh, in ranking them politically that a congressman would be higher than a mayor of a, a town like Orland Park, but uh, you know it would really because there you become one of 435 voices lost in a in a muddle instead of being the, the top dog in a, a town like uh, like Orland Park where you can you know you're running anything. Well, I don't. And what exactly? What do you what do you suspect? And I, I, I would mention all the time that I, the last year, when there were three, three Republicans, three Democrats, young young people that were both on TV, and I was impressed by every one of them, uh, to the point where you think the Republicans in good hands, right? I bet half of them aren't even running. I mean, what what exactly when you show up? Now this guy's not twenty eight years old. I, mean, I don't know how old he is, but he's not. I mean, he's I don't think he's old old, but he's. Uh, are you show, what exactly does if you come showing as a Democrat? What does Nancy Pelosi think of you? You better vote my way. You better show up at the committee. You better not say a word, and that's your job. I, that would not be my job. I don't. Listen, I'm not listening to her. I, 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 I got elected by my district. I, I, I wouldn't want me there. Neither would you. Would be the same way. But what exactly? Mm-hmm. I mean, what what is the pecking order? If you ever if you give one bad vote, you never get another committee assignment, or what? Well, that's certainly the case in Washington. You can become a crying your own party. Although, uh, for Democrats right now, especially in the Senate, look at Cinema and uh, of Arizona and Mansion of West Virginia. Each of them really is almost as powerful in Biden in many ways because they have the power to tank everything since everything is just split fifty fifty. But only the House is less so because the Democrats have a small ma- a majority. But uh, it is kind of a power play. But that's how power has been built. Look at what Mike Vanagan did in Illinois. Look at uh, you know, it's happened throughout the country in different places. But it, and it always has been a pecking order that you fall in line. It's a question of how, why are you elected to Congress? Why are you elected to do something? Is it because of your position? Or because you do what we tell you to? Well, I mean, their, their attitude is, they do what you do. What they tell they tell you to. And the interesting part is when you run, it's not like they're coming up with money for you. You got to get your own. Matter of fact, they want you to commu- mm-hmm. You want to give? They want money from you. But I mean, the, uh, uh, that's well, that's true. Except when if you're an incumbent, you're likely to get more money, especially if you're in a, a toss-up seat and they want to keep the seat. You will get some money your second time, but you do pretty much have to get your own money the first time and win on your own. Well, I mean, the only reason why a mansion is so powerful is because everybody else lines up. Right? Yes. And, then mm-hmm. the, and Republicans have every single person lined up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Whether that's right or wrong. And I, I think that there's some things that um, other Democrats should block it, and I think there are many things that Republicans should block it. <clears throat> if they're really staying true to what at least I think the ideals are, the traditional ideas, of the Republican Party. Well, I would have a. If it was me, I'd, I'd be right out of the gate. I would say I'm not. I'm not voting for a 1,200-page bill or a 2,000-page bill, 500 pages of width. I I can't stomach. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would never do that. So whether I voted no for every single bill the whole two years I was there, they threw me out. Uh, it could be possible, but I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, what and that, you're right. I mean, that, all of those votes should be taken on an informed basis. You should not be in a position where you don't know what the bill says because it is dropped on your desk at 11 o'clock at night with a vote at 1 o'clock the next morning or 
at 9 o'clock the next morning. I agree with you completely that, that that should be part of the negotiations, and, and that's the legislature's job. That's the job of every single congressperson, every single senator, is to know what's in the bill before they vote for it. It's also incumbent upon them not to try to load the bill with something that's really controversial, or that sneak something in that's controversial in part of a bigger bill. Because uh, that's another way that, that's a trap. That many people are told, well, you've got to vote for it because 90, 95% of this is good stuff that you want, but the other 5% is horrible. Um, so th- that also puts them in a quandary. What's and that's uh, also the things we've done in Washington and at the state legislature. Uh, shifting gears, we, we got, not like there's not enough topics this morning, for God's sake, Brennan. Um, we might have a, a uh, showing on Friday, I don't know about showing, but a call-in, from one of our old friends, Angelica, very, very distraught with what's going on over in Ukraine. She was texting me last night, like, late. I, evidently, she yeah. thought that her the area where her mom and her family is was pretty much out of bounds of any kind of invasion, but I don't think that's the truth. I think they're landing stuff right yeah. around them, and she's in. Uh, she's not happy. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a... Uh, well, I don't know if you've been listening the last few days, but with Jan Flanagan and Carl Denninger... Are you know all? They're very much up in arms about how a lot of this is quote our fault with our you know shameless tossing of the other guy and our, our wacky people over there uh, essentially putting this guy in power who's or, or doing our best to get him in power who's very pro Europe and very pro everything and basically right in Putin's face and I, I don't really deny any of that. I still don't think that when you get to the point. That the, when you start invading people and landing rockets on hospitals, I, no matter what somebody did to you, I don't think that's called for. I mean, I, that's that's where I'm at. I mean, even though I, would I would I prosecute a bunch of people here from what they did that didn't tell anybody they were doing all the dastardly deeds we do overseas? Would I try and stop that if I was president? The answer is yes. I don't think that that gives Putin a green light to do what he's doing. And I'm you know I'm, I'm arguing pretty good, but I don't know if I'm winning. Where do you come out well, of this? I agree with you that regardless of the of the rationale that Putin is using, or how regardless of how legitimate it may be, the idea of uh, shelling and bombing cities and civilians with civilian targets is completely out of bounds. I think that almost from a humanitarian standpoint, uh, NATO and the U.S. may want to go in and uh, you know, create a humanitarian boundary uh, if that means rolling in tanks and military through through Poland going in the western side of Ukraine to protect some of the cities and civilian targets, you know, you got to wonder at what point will that happen and will that be necessary to stop the, the carnage? Um, well, if, you don't, if you're going to do it, you better do it while there's a building still standing. I agree with you. It's gone on really long. And, uh, and you know, from, from the reports that I've seen and heard, there are a lot of um, parking buildings and churches and uh, markets and things that uh, seem to be uh, targeted primarily to punish the Ukrainian civilian population, not the military. They're not going after military targets. Well, he uh, he keeps talking about this, uh, the, the Nazi group there, and I think everybody, well, everybody who's been paying attention to this since it started, even though I didn't know when it's, you know, six months ago, if you'd asked me about it, I wouldn't have known anything. Uh, that's just the way, you know, you, you can't know everything, Brennan. I, I guess I knew something about the famines, and and I, I guess I, I didn't realize that when, uh, you know, the, the 
the Russians were fighting the Germans there, some of the people in Ukraine fought on the side of the Nazis. And, well, with Stalin as your guy, that had already, already killed people with famines like once or twice, I don't, I don't find that, that totally odd, do you? I mean, now all of a sudden he's saying that they're all a bunch of Nazis. Brendan, that was, that was, that was what, 75, 80 years ago. I mean, what's he talking about? Mm-hmm. Talk about a justification out of nowhere. I mean, the guy wasn't even alive. Yeah, I again, I agree with you that that that's a really red herring. But if, but you also have to realize that he is controlling the narrative. I've got a, a very good friend whose wife is Russian, and her mother is still in Russia, living there. She uh, up until recently, she would come here every year and a half or two years to stay for like three months with him. And she's beside herself. Her best friend is Ukrainian. She said she's embarrassed. She doesn't want to tell people that she's Russian. She was born and raised in Russia, was there until she was in her 20s. And um, yeah, she's she's totally embarrassed right now to let anybody know that she's Russian. And, um, and I, but the, the news, her mother is getting news that Putin's this great hero is saving the Ukrainian people from genocide. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Well, man, I don't, I don't really trust that our version of the news, but I think ours is a little closer to the truth than that. <clears throat> That's a... Uh, are we ever going to have one of these... Are you going to come out on a Tuesday morning one of these days and all these problems are going to be solved or what? Well, I'm working on that. I'm working from home on that right now to resolve all these problems. And But, you know, this is like a hydra. Every time I think I've got one solved, Another one comes up in, in a different variation. So, well, that's a problem uh, with because then, then the original one used to kind of comes back to life anyway. So, I'm, uh, it, it's a tough job. Well, the whack a mole is like that, but the problem <laughs> is they don't stay down; they keep popping up, right? I know. <laughs> Brennan, take care of yourself, bud. Uh, SP Futures up 14, NASDAQ Futures up 30. Be right back, Mr. Joel and Cannon. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The Control Freak's Guide to Life, Money, and Probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. 
To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding health care reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Well, welcome back, Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom House. Eliani on the board. SP Futures up 16. Nasdaq Futures up 35. We came back on the close last night after we were down for a while because of uh, Paul's inflation comments, which I'm <laughs> so I'm starting to think are. Uh, Total BS, but that that would just be me. Dow futures up 156. Individual stocks in the Dow that are causing that. Nike's up 775. That's a lot. Uh, that's really the only one. American Express up a buck 16. Uh, the only stock down is Chevron Texaco, and it's only down uh, um, 48 cents. So Dow's uh, reasonably positive this morning so far. DAX up uh, 92.6 percent. FTSE up 32.4. CAC around up 40.6. So uh, moderately to the upside across Europe. Asia, uh, Nikkei up 396, that's 1.5%, that's a lot. Shanghai up 6.2%, Hang Seng up 667, that's a full 3%. Uh, Alibaba is up uh, uh, 11%, is this amazing choreography between the SEC, between uh, somehow a deal with China and all the people in Washington that have to be trading this. I, I, I'm sick to, to look at it, to be honest with you, uh, because I mean, I just think that, that talk about uh, whatever. Uh, U.S. yesterday, Dow was down 201, S&P down a buck. Futures were actually up by the close. NASDAQ down 55. So down with just a little bit. Uh, bonds, 2.34. Again, pushing up, you know, pretty steadily here. The bond, uh, up five basis points to 0. 0.50. Highest we've seen that in probably, I don't know how many decades. Uh, Japan, up one basis point to 0. 0.22. Oil, uh, down a dime, but still at 112.02. That's pretty high. Uh, Brent, uh, up 38 cents, 116. Natural gas up 8 cents, 4.98 during the five hour number. Arbob up a penny to 3.38. We've got gold down 80 cents, but still 19.28. Silver unchanged at 25.30. Copper up a penny, 4.72. And we have Bitcoin up 1700 bucks, 17.88 to 42,853. So a big move in, uh, Bitcoin this morning. Eliani, what do you got for us, Travi Weather Sports? 
Thanks so much, Chief. Good morning, everyone. Currently 6.35 a.m. On March 22nd, let's start with sports. Uh, looking at the NBA, the Bulls lost to the Raptors last night, 113 uh, to 99. And we can look forward to the Suns playing the Timberwolves tonight at 7 o'clock. In hockey, Coyotes uh, will be playing Kraken tonight at 9 o'clock. And Blackhawks will be playing the Ducks this Wednesday at 9 o'clock at night. Let's look at weather in Chicago this morning. Going to refresh my page. Currently very, very cloudy. Look forward to lots and lots of rain today, which is really not great, but that's all right. At least the temperatures are not so bad. Currently 55 with a high of 56 and a low of 46. In Phoenix right now, the opposite of what we're dealing with at the moment. Currently sunny, 56 with a high of 82 and a low of 55. Looking at traffic this morning, we have traffic eastbound on the Eisenhower between the 294 North Tri-State Ramp to Central. Uh, we have traffic southbound on 294 between the 55 South Ramp and the I-20 connector. We have traffic eastbound on the Kennedy between the 294 North Tri-State Ramp and Lawrence. Traffic eastbound on the Edens between Armitage and Canalport. Traffic westbound on the Edens between 130th and West Marquette. And then that traffic picks up again at 43rd going to West Ontario. We have traffic northbound on the Stevenson Expressway between Route 12 and South Damon. Traffic uh, northbound on Lakeshore between East 18th and East Grand. And finally, traffic southbound on Lakeshore between Michigan Avenue and East Balbo Drive. And that's all I have for you, Chief. Well, you see, now you obviously don't have farmer roots because you're worried about rain on your equipment and rain on your hair. But just remember, rain makes grain. Yes, it does. You know, and rain is good, especially since we're... Uh, price of wheat so darn high. Do we have Mr. Joel? Actually, we have Mr. Kenny Polcari this morning. Really? Yes, we do. Kenny, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. We, uh, uh, I'll tell you what it isn't doing. If it's not raining in Florida. No, you guys have had great weather from what I hear. It is beautiful weather, although it's supposed to rain later in the week, but the last couple of days have been, actually, the last couple of weeks have been beautiful. Now that we've gone from winter to spring, it's even starting to get warmer already. Are you uh, are you hitting any spring training games? Are you close to one of them? No, I'm not. Are they are they are they all pretty much over on the uh, on the other side? Or I mean, how are these? I went to a couple of games when I was in Lauderdale years and years ago, but I I don't have have a visual map of where they all are down there. Are they scattered around? Yeah, no, I, I don't follow them very much. So, uh, but they might be in Lauderdale, but um, but I don't follow them. So, no, I'm not. I thought actually they were they were further north. But uh, whatever. Um, well, we went to a game and. Talk about where Kenny. Uh, remember the, way, way back, if you can, if you, I don't know much of a baseball fan you are, but uh, Dick Allen from the White Sox, who was kind of a, he was a great ball player, but kind of a surly dude. All he did was complain about how he didn't need six weeks spring training. You know, he needed like maybe two weeks, and he was ready, and it was all BS. He didn't want to stay down there the whole time. Well, right, right. so we go to a game in Waterdale, and the Yankees are playing the Orioles, and for some reason, even though he was one of the best shortstops ever, the guy who was on the on the Orioles, how was his name? Uh, I'll, I'll think of it. But he he made like four errors. The game was like nineteen to four in the fifth inning, and it was it was just going on. So this they got this big African American guy out and left out. I, remember, I don't think it was Dan Baylor, but it was somebody like that. And he he's standing out there, and every inning was like a half hour, and it's hotter than hinges of hell. And he's just standing out there. He never got a ball. Hands on his hips, disgusted as all get out. And I'm thinking, how is this helping this guy <laughs> come come season to stand out there like like something on a spit? And all of a sudden he comes in and we, one of my buddies had just gotten a, a, a fresh beer and he, we were right next to the dugout and he goes, hey buddy, can I have your beer? <laughs> Don't worry, I'll get, he sent out a whole a round of beers. He, he slugged the beer and said, it's awful out there, it's friggin' hot. <laughs> well, back in those days, you, you actually, you, you were so close to the field, now they got these kind of new stadiums. Dr. J and I, 
in Scottsdale, we actually, uh, they told us to sit out in the field. We sat in the bullpen on the grass. Right, you know, we're on the playing really? field. Yeah, but then this guy comes over, hey, do you two guys mind moving over so I could warm up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was d- different world, Kenny. Uh, you know, now can you imagine the insurance of that, or something like that? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you, what do you make of, uh, I, I, I've been railing on this for a while. Does this Powell think that if he talks about something, something's going to happen? I mean, it's, yesterday, I think we yesterday taught the market and why we're, we were up yesterday and we're up again today. No matter what the guy does, the market is more important to him than inflation. I mean, if that message isn't loud and clear, I mean, I, you, you, you got your, your your brain is is mush. I think. Well, that's it's interesting because I think for the most part that has been the story. But I think yesterday when he suddenly came out and changed the narrative, I mean, listen, last week he said to us, "It's under control. We're going to go gently. We're going to take this one step at a time. Everything's okay. Don't worry." And then yesterday he comes out with. Oh, we're prepared to go 50 basis points next month, which is a complete, you know, a complete 180 from what he said to go last week. And so I think in that sense, he's trying to show now that maybe, maybe inflation is more important, although I still think he's behind the eight ball. And I think 50 basis points at this point is, is let us, is let us um, miss it at a slower rate than 25 basis points, right? I mean, inflation keeps grinding higher and we're going 25 basis points, which is going to take forever. Now, 50 basis points, while it sounds a little bit more aggressive, I still think it's behind the eight ball. I actually think at this point, he's got to get more aggressive. I think he's got to go a full, be- a full percentage point increase in the message because he should have done 50 in January, and he should have done 50 in March, which they didn't do. And so now he's further behind the eight ball, and I think yesterday's realization, or at least his, his commentary, is uh, – we're really behind the eight ball, and I don't really want to say that, but I'm getting nervous now. So, yeah, we're prepared to go fifty. Well, you yeah. know, as if that's like taking control. And quite honestly, I'm well, how do you more how nervous do you, now than anything else? But how do you, uh, if, if you look at the, the pieces of the puzzle from last week, a gazillion words were spoken about right. God knows what, and, and uh, about you know they're doing this, they're going to go up six points or six times a quarter. Kenny, they right. they put four, fifty billion dollars on the balance sheet last week. Right, right, uh, and so and so it's they're talking out of both ends, which makes it even more confusing. So I would imagine that you know they're going to go fifty basis points. They got to start the quantitative tightening in terms of the balance sheet. Indicated that they're going to do seventy-five to one hundred billion a month. I think they just have to do it. They have to say, okay, here's what we're doing: one hundred billion a month. We're not leaving it. There's no guessing. There's no lack of clarity. We're doing, and look, it might be painful. Stocks might react negatively initially, but, you know, you and I both know the market likes clarity. It doesn't like um, confusion. And this is when it starts to become erratic. If it has clarity, whether good or bad, the market can adjust to good news or bad news. It just not, it wants to know kind of the path that we're on. That's the problem, and I think he's leaving it suddenly well, very, very confused and very confusing to investors in the market. I, I uh, for some reason, I should have had this before because it was confusing to me as well but now I'm no longer confused absolutely the number the number the number one job of him is to keep the market up he poured 50 billion in last week because we were down the week before and if it happens again next week he will do it again he doesn't care at all about the inflation did he did, do you know for sure that he put 50 billion because I thought by now I thought by now it was over Does he still put well, he did, in? you're sure about that he did uh, let me I'll, I'll dig it up uh but no, I, 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 I thought I heard somebody say. I thought I heard somebody on TV yesterday say that they 
that they stopped buying bonds. Uh, if, if they did, uh, they, they got their last good weekend. Uh, right, well, that could be. Well, I mean, but the timing of it is, is whenever they talk, it's their hot week. Right. Right. You know, so, yeah. but last week, I'm only, I get, I got the, uh, Federal Reserve, that, that, whatever this thing is. All right. And, uh, we're going to go to the six month number. And I'm going to say, uh, last week was, uh, eight, eight trillion nine fifty four. And the week before was, uh, uh, eight trillion nine one zero. Forty four. I'm sorry. So right. forty four so is the number. Forty billion. That's, uh, we're, uh, I think we're fading out here in Oleani. I can't hear some stuff, but, uh, there you go. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, I mean, it's, it was, okay, 45. I, I, I exaggerated a tad. The, uh, right. but no, it's, uh, I mean, it, that's. The fact is they're still putting it in. You're right. The fact is they're still putting it in. So what are they really concerned about? Are they concerned about trying to hold the market in place and not, and, and prevent a meltdown? Or are they much more concerned about inflation? If, 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 this is A, that they're concerned about the market, then it's going to get really ugly because inflation is not slowing down at all. And inflation is going to get worse in the months ahead. Look, 10%, CPAC coming at 7.9%, and it's only going higher, and everybody knows that. And so, you know, he's got to make a decision. You know, what is he going to do? Is he prepared to tackle inflation? Not. And I think yesterday gave the sense that he's admitting, uh, geez, I think we missed the boat on this one, so we better we better announce that we're going to get more aggressive instead of leaving it to spend. Well, I think that's what he did yesterday. You're, uh, he's now preparing the markets for 50 basis points in May. Your, your compadre, uh, Becky Quick, pretty much summed it up this morning, I think, when she said uh, he he's trying to work on inflation without at a pace at which the market will allow. Okay, well, that's baloney. The market doesn't need to. He's going to work on the pace. At the at the at the Fed needs to get it under control. The market may not like it, and guess what? They put us in this position in the first place, and they're going to have to get us out. It's either death by a thousand cuts, or it we can get it over with. Um, I uh, you you and I know that we've been around long enough to know that. Uh, I don't know that right now. The, the the two the two stools that are hanging this economy together, in my opinion, are the market and housing prices. And if you take yeah. a chunk out of both of those, you're not a popular guy, regardless. Well, of look, they, look, but look what's happening in the rates. Have you seen conforming thirty year rates are now four and a half percent? And if you need a jumbo, you're closer to five percent and really going higher. So guess what? The housing market's going to come under pressure. It's econ one hundred one, and you and I know that. The more expensive money gets, the more expensive it is to carry a house, so the price of the house has to come down. Otherwise, right, buyers are not going to... You can already start to see pushback. I, there was a report on yesterday on CNBC about, you know, people now making a conscious decision not to buy things because it's ridiculous. And that's going to happen in housing as well. People, first of all, can't afford it. Um, we, you know, with rising taxes and rising mortgage rates, they just can't afford it. So housing prices are going to have to come in. So it's just a matter of when that happens, right? Well, that's I mean, said, if you're buying a house now, you better be doing it to stay in it for a good 10 or 12 years because that's going to be the cycle. For for guys that have been around like we have, it's it's as plain as the nose on your face, right? But yeah, but I don't think I don't think you can get a consensus. I, I was had a couple of adult beverages with my guys last night to work for the exchanges and this, the the uh, OCC and a couple of them for big firms. They weren't yeah. about to agree with me that this. 
that this is going to has to go the other way. What are you talking about? <laughs> been like this forever. Why why do we, why does it have to change? Everybody's been saying this has to happen. Why does it have to happen? I mean, it's a. Uh, I don't. I mean, I, I I'm kind of stunned, Kenny, that you get people. Uh, you know, that somebody you 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 can you and I could argue for a month. We probably wouldn't because we don't argue that much. But uh, as to what the long term rate should be in terms of the thirty year, and you can look at the right. you know. But one thing I think we both agree on is is if I lend you a thousand bucks today for a year, that you better make up to me the ten the ten dollars it's going to be worth less by the or a hundred dollars to be worth less by the end of the year. So the right. whatever the interest rate you you pay me better be uh, you know some interest plus the ten or eleven percent the inflation is going to be, and that's not happening. I mean, you still can't get. Get something out of a bank. I mean, there's some one of the commentators on uh, TV last week. So, well, that doesn't mean that the banks are going to want to give anybody any interest. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I yeah, mean, that, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it, 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 it does come clear, but it does to. I mean, ask. I'm sure your kids are very bright, but ask one of them when's the, if they even can conceive of a bank paying you three percent. Well, that's the point, right? There's this whole generation. Also, the one behind them, Zers, that have no idea. They've only lived in zero rate environments. Yep. They don't know any better. So, what are they going to do when rates go to three, four, five, six? Right? And how are they going to, number one, how are they going to invest? How are they going to manage money? How are all these yep. younger guys who've never lived through this? And I'm not putting them down. I'm just saying, look, they haven't lived through it. So, it's going to be an education for them. But how does. When you, this is where guys like you and I add value. Well, <laughs> well we think we ought to, but, but, but if you're. If you're Put uh, I, I, you'd be a great professor. Put you up in front. I was going to say we're the chalkboard, but nobody has chalk anymore. Uh, and, and trying to explain to a class that that when when you lend somebody money, you're you're giving them something of value to use. And right. You should be paid for that. They, they have to right. look at you like you got four heads. What do you mean? Nobody gets paid for that. I mean, we, we our generation savers don't get paid for that at all. Other people right. maybe do, but we don't. We we pay interest. We don't get any, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, how do, how do people ever become comfortable with that? Uh, well, listen, and the other thing that no one's really talking about here in, in, in the environment is guess what's going to happen to credit card interest? Because it's already usurious as it is at 14 to 20%, depending on your, your credit history. But as rates go up, interest rates on credit cards, that's going to put more pressure on people that are living on the edge so you're saying that if actually here a lot you, you can find if you have good credit you can find somebody in the 10 percent range probably you if you really really look but i'm saying that the, i miss wait you you went out on me i missed what you said i'm saying you can you can probably if you got really good credit rating you can find somebody maybe in the 10 or 12 percent range but every every salvo that comes out at you is is in the 18 to 24 percent range and, and then easily yeah and easily miss a payment and it's 30 so how, how the hell if they have to pay a half a percent instead of nothing they're really going to justify going to 30 and a half i, I guess maybe they will but <laughs> i mean right. at some point I mean, what do, what do you yeah. I, I did a uh we uh went to sam's club this is a couple years ago kenny and uh yeah so we have the you know the high-end thing for the firm here or we can go at seven in the morning, like if we own a Seven Eleven or something. Anyway, so I, I I charged the new thing, and they go, "You want to just put it on your Sam's credit?" And I go, "I didn't even know I had a Sam's credit, but yeah, put it on your Sam's credit." So of course the bill comes here, and it gets lost somewhere in a building. 
So the next right. month, I think, I think just paying for the, everybody's memberships, I think I did a little shop, and it was like 250 bucks or something. So I get the thing, and not only am I a month late, because I just got it a month late, I kept moving right. back, I'm sitting there going, where the hell, where the hell is that Sam's bill? <laughs> it was a while ago, I haven't right. seen it. I think the, 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 the charge for not paying it was like 30 bucks, and then yeah. I had to pay the 24% interest, so it was like, it was like forty five dollars for yeah. For, I so agree. What is what is agree. the interest on that for for ten days? Well, good lord. So I think what I think what they're going to hope. I think what they're all going to hope is that when that happens and rates go through the roof and people start defaulting on those credit cards, is that Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders going to say, "Eliminate okay, credit card debt," the same way we did with student debt. We're going to give everyone a free ride because why should anybody be responsible? Well, I, I uh, I'm going to I'm going to. You know what? I don't know, Kenny. I'm, I'll, 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 instead of me having an opinion here, I'm going to ask you a question. Well, a few years ago, I, I read something uh, that said that the people who are really strung out on their credit card debt, uh, when, when they go get the credit card, they don't really care what the interest rate is because their intention is always to pay it off. Right. Uh, and basically, you know, they don't want to carry cash. They want, what, what all the reasons why you have a credit card. And that virtually everybody is... I mean, there are people who run out, and the first thing they do when they get their five thousand dollar limit is buy, you know, five thousand dollar sofa, and all of a sudden they can't pay, and they have that problem. But they said that's really sort of the exception. This is this is a while ago. They said usually what that is is some some issue that you end up on the credit card. It's either an emergency room visit, or your your your, your son and daughter, whoever has a, a a roof issue with their house, they can't afford it. You put their roof on your. It's something that you don't foresee. Because most people don't have much savings in terms of cash, it's a transmission that went out, and you got a thousand dollars in the bank, and the transmission's three thousand bucks. So, so it's some event that you don't. It's not like you planned on it. It's because right, and it and then all of a sudden it, it goes from there to where you can't pay it, or, or all of a sudden it's you're, you pay the minimum, and it's in the minimum, you know, it's thirty percent a month, and it's gone. Then you miss a payment. Then it it it, right. it, it always has some sort of a of a of a you know a beginning. That was not intentional. It's really kind of rare for somebody to go out and pay, or somebody goes out and buys a boat and then the next day loses their job. Or so it's 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 an event right. that I mean, people aren't. You like to think that everybody is just is just a screw up that has one of these problems, but they aren't. Or so a lot of people that have their own business confuse their own the business credit card with their own, or the bank makes them you know sign for the business. You know, if you have a like an American Express business card, and you're behind the business. The business goes out; they're not letting you off, right? You know, so right. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of caveats here. That, I guess what I said they're, they're just not bleep ups. Everybody who has a credit card debt, because I mean, an emergency room visit can be can be seven grand. No, nobody can write that check, right? I mean, I mean, you, maybe you and I can, but not many people can, right? Uh, so. Right. I mean, there, there's reasons for these things, and, you, and and your back your backup credit is 25, percent which is pretty dangerous. Right, correct. Hell, the mob would be better than that. Well, and I think I, I think that's going to become a problem as rates start to rise because, like you just said, those those monthly payments are going to start to creep up, creep up, creep, and people are not going to be able to make them. Right. What am I? Uh... Especially if. Inflation continues, and the price of food goes up, and the price of gas goes up, and now they got to make a choice: do I put, or do I pay this credit card bill? That's going to be what happens. Well, you know, it's uh, one of my my buddies from the Fed. I was saying, you know, your your buddies in the bank are 
are screwing everybody with these credit card things. And he said, well, you, do you have any idea what the credit card write-offs are over here from, like, people that don't pay? And I, his name was John. I looked at him. I said, John, if somebody finally gets their credit card written off, you know, maybe they declare bankruptcy yeah. or something, and, and how many instances, say somebody did do something crazy, they bought the $10,000 boat on his credit card. Can you buy a boat for ten grand? I doubt it, but say you did. No. Uh, uh, you buy a canoe, maybe. <laughs> for ten grand. Maybe. 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 <laughs> maybe. So, okay, so you do that. I said, at the end of the day, five, seven, eight years later, ten years later, when the guy finally says, I can't pay anymore, I'm going to say that over the life of, the, of that credit card, where the guy's working down this debt, he he paid the cost of the canoe three times over and still owes money that he now is discharging in bankruptcy. And he goes, "Well, if you look at it that way, you got a point." <laughs> I go, "Okay." I mean, I, I have a you know distant family member that somehow confused all his you know his business stuff with his personal credit cards. I mean, a lot of people do that that are entrepreneurs, right? Uh, it's probably right. not the smartest thing, but they do. And I'm going to say that at, at the end of the day, he had I don't know how many. I don't think he ever declared. I never asked him. But I'm going to say that he probably still was in the fifty to eighty thousand dollar range, Kenny. And I'm going to say he paid for that four times over and still owed. Yeah, I you went dead there for about thirty seven, uh, so I missed everything you said. Well, I'm saying I think a lot of people that have like, especially where the business related and so forth, that they. But by the end of the day, if they if either they can pay it off or they can't, they've probably uh, paid the original debt over three and four times with the interest rates that high. Are we, uh, we we keep having Kenny wandering in and out here, Eliani, I think. Not sure what's causing that, but... Uh, um, so for the, everything sounds good on my end. Um, Kenny, you still with us? I think that would be a no. Oh, he, I guess he hung up. <laughs> uh, I think he, he was he was losing us. Maybe he'll maybe he'll call back. But yeah, this this whole this whole thing it's going to be a uh, a major change in people's the way they look at things if all of a sudden. These rates do start going up because it's. I mean, they've been going up for for God knows how long, Mike. Because I, I, my credit card. I mean, I, my limit is so low because I, 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 I don't like to spend more than I have. That's just something I, I learned being a child of very broke immigrant parents. You know, so um, it's something that was you know ingrained into me for you know the sense of frugality and things like that. And I mean, I'm pretty. I, I mean, I do pretty well for myself, but like you know, my my interest rate on my credit card I think is like twenty three point something yeah, percent. Yeah. So and it's ridiculous. So I'll pay three hundred and fifty dollars or something, and then then suddenly they're charging me like an extra eighty dollars on top of it because of like an interest rate penalty fee because I didn't pay it off in full at that time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, it's, like, it's ridiculously high. It's 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 absolutely bonkers. But um, you know, I mean, at this point, it's just you have to be. I mean, I'm one of those people where if I if I don't have the means, I'll find means. You know, I'll get up at four thirty in the morning and come work here, and then go to my day job, and then do yep. my shows on the weekend, and I have to hustle, and that's what I got to do. It shouldn't be that hard, you know. People should be able to have one job and call it a day, but you know that's not what we're living in, you know. No, it's not. That's uh, not where we are. It's. Uh, I mean, how many people? I, I you know, one of these the people at Menards, and I talked to the guy. I said, "What are you doing at the you know the eight o'clock shift on Monday on Sunday morning?" And he goes, "Yeah, because that was he goes so I can go to my pizza delivery job at four. Yeah, and, you know it's uh, and I, I think you know a lot of people are uh, are, are doing one of the guys who works at. Uh, uh, the Barnabys and it, nice, not the Barnabys for God's sake. Uh, <laughs> Barnabys on the brain. Uh, the uh, the Peppies and he's a he's a bass player. And yeah, he, he tries to get every kind of gig. Matter of fact, uh, Saturday night went to Fox's out in Orland. And they had an Irish band there. And boy, a young lady in that band. Which was she? Good fiddle player and good singer. Uh, nice. I mean, very very talented. I mean, like wow. 
I mean, uh, where they where they find her? The two guys were pretty good, but she was she was the soul of the band. And uh, uh, what's the difference between a fiddle and a violin? Is how you hold it or something? Um, they're just so they're they're constructed differently. Um, kind of like you know, there's there's all these different kinds of guitars. You have hollow body guitars, blues guitars, classical guitars. It's just it's just really in the construction and then the sound that they produce. I thought, I thought you, had, you held it differently. One's under your chin and one's on your arm or something something. Anyway, I, I, I don't know anything about it. That's why I'm asking. We digress, but we should go to break though. Oh, why don't why, why don't we go to break? <laughs> With me talking about music, we better go to break. Futures <laughs> up twelve days. Futures up fifteen. Be right back. Stacks and jacks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for Stocks, one dollar for equity options, and one dollar minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI Product can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI Pro Direct. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends that's PTIProdirect.com. PTIProdirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708 403 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. There's something happening. Hello, Rob Bates, Stacks Jacks. I'm Tim Howe. Eliani on the board, SP Futures up. Uh, ten seventy five. Nasdaq futures up nine seventy five. We're up a little bit more than that a, a minute ago, but uh, we're still uh, we're still to the upside here. Not much. Uh, at the bonds down another. Uh, well, TLT, which is the bond ETF, down another point four six. It was down like three bucks yesterday, which is a huge number. Uh, so we're clearly we're uh, 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 even though the stock market came back yesterday uh, after Powell's comments, the uh, the, uh, the, mar- the, mar- the the bond market seems to be believing him this time, which is uh, you know somewhat interesting because I can say the guy. They've been pushing this for a while, and I, I made a mistake last week. And for anybody who's listening in, I made the mistake of uh, going back and looking at the history of. Uh, hey, Jeff, how are you, bud? I'm good, Chief. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Uh, uh, we should have a we had a beautiful day yesterday. Another not so bad today for for middle of March. I mean, I guess life is good, eh? Yeah, I think so. 
Um, life is not so good. Remember our old friend Angelica, I think is going to call in Friday and, and talk about what's going on in her area of Ukraine, which she thought was uh, somewhat insulated. That would be like the last place they'd be coming after, but evidently they're coming after everything. And uh, she's not happy, very, very worried. And uh, she's going to come out and talk about it a little bit, so it'll give us an interesting point of view. Uh, you know, I just uh, hope none of... Well, it's not like I hope other people get killed, not her family. I just hope nobody does, but I, I think it's beyond that, eh? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it makes you wonder, you know, I, I think uh, I might have mentioned last week, I, I think there's been really strong reporting by uh, reporters on the ground, both uh, both from CNN and from Fox, who seem to have the, the best uh, embedded network of, of uh, ground reporters in the Ukraine. You still wonder, though, to what extent you're getting the, um, you know, the the best overall picture of of how things are really working there. You know, there's there's certainly a consensus, and all 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 as it should be. I, I understand it, and I sympathize with it. I think we all want to see Ukraine, uh, you know, emerge from this somehow as. Um, as victorious as possible, right, in a relative uh, manner. But at the same time, I wonder if we're, we're getting really an accurate assessment of um, just just because the odds are so, you know, overwhelmingly against the Ukrainian military in terms of uh, just the size and, of, of the military and the vulnerability that the people have. And it just makes you wonder if, um, you know, how it is that they're... they're they're uh, withstanding this assault so so well. Well, I think on the from what I like, I said, well, like you said, not like I said, that the trying to piece it together, what actually is going down from the bits and pieces that you grab from whoever it is you're getting it from. It, it seems to me that from a strategic level, the Ukrainians are basically frustrating the hell out of the Russians, and, the, and, and in response to that. The Russians have turned their venom sort of on the people as a way to, you know, if you, if you beat up enough of the people, even the president's going to say one day, I can't let my people get killed every day, I've got to surrender or do something. It appears that that's, that's been the tactical change here, at least from what I see. Now, am I wrong, or is, are you, are you, you think I'm close, or what? No, I think we're seeing the same thing. You know, um, I, I question to some degree if there's any indiscriminate nature of this bombing. I mean, the atrocities that you've seen, you know, with the, uh, particularly the, uh, that uh, school that had children monk outside of it that was bombed and, you know, maternity wards and and children's hospitals and other things like that. And just, um, you know, the question is, is this really, is that really something that was done intentionally or is that just in, indiscriminate bombing? Um, none of which is, you know, acceptable, but... But uh, again, trying to trying to get your arms on this is a little bit difficult. Yeah, I, uh, I, I go back to my my favorite. He wasn't one of my favorite Americans, but Rumsfeld was like the best at like. Well, I didn't tell you to put the hospital there. <laughs> Collateral damage. We didn't try to hit it. So what? You know, I, I mean, yeah. it, these guys get this attitude, and you know, I you know, you and I you and I are a couple of idiots. We start drag racing on the street, and one of us flies off into somebody's house and kills somebody. We didn't intend to, but we still did it. You know, and there's, there's mm-hmm. right. I mean, it's, exactly. And uh, when you, and uh, it, it sounds like the Russians. Are, this is starting to turn into like the Spanish Civil War, isn't it? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Where everybody, now everybody's going to 
everybody's shoving their latest uh, toys at the Ukrainians to try and shoot down helicopters and tanks, and I'm sure they're they're doing some serious damage. And the Russians are what was the, what was the weapon they used yesterday? One of those high high powered uh, missiles or something? What do they call those mm-hmm. things? The uh, so everybody's everybody's trotting out their latest little little toys, and meanwhile people are, people are getting killed. I don't I I I don't understand where it is. Uh, is Putin had some kind of drugs or whatever? He, he was bringing up this Nazi angle. That was in the Stalin era, for God's sake. Is he, does he really think there's Nazis left in the Ukraine? I mean, what is he talking about? Well, that's a, that's a real thing. I mean, that that has been pretty well documented. I mean, you know that, that you know that gets into the nuance and things. And I, I'm 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 wary of wading into this territory because. Just people have no tolerance for nuance anymore. Everyone's so binary and tribal and just can look at things black or white. Are you on my side or against me? Um, so I just want to state it, it. It's very possible, and it is indeed the truth, that there are lesser of two evils and that things aren't always black and white. Oh, sure. Yeah, and he is being heralded as a as a compassionate hero right now for a lot of good reasons. He's showing leadership that a lot of Americans would love to see in their own leader right now. But, but yeah, there's, there's a Nazi problem in Ukraine. It's real. It's very real. It's called um, the uh, AVOC Battalion, A-V-O-C, uh, no, A-V-O-Z Battalion. And it's, it's very well documented that, that within the National Guard is a white supremacist Nazi group that is sanctioned by the Ukraine government. That's not conspiracy theory. That's not tinfoil hats. That's true. Very, very real. Um, It's unpleasant because Ukrainians are clearly the victims here. Um, But yes, the Zelensky government has overlooked the fact that they are Harboring, uh, you know, a Nazi element called the Battalion Azov within, which is a ranking group within its own, within its own National Guard. And, and there's lines of evidence that show that, uh, Eric Prince from Blackwater has inv- been involved in the training of some of those groups in the past. So, and, and then the Russians would even, co- uh, claim that the 14,000 Russian civilians that were killed within Ukraine's borders over the last 10 years are the direct result of this activity. So there is there is nuance. It doesn't mean that there isn't somebody that's bad and evil and at fault. But if uh, Americans want to continue with the naivety of pretending that there isn't problems within the Ukraine government, they can... They can do that, but this is yeah, well, it's a I'm, democracy. But it's a <laughs> democracy that well, like, shut down all opposition news and journalism within its country for the last five years. Sounds like us. Um, it sounds like us, doesn't it? And there's real problems over there. Yeah, it sounds like us. Yeah, that's right. Very imperfect. Yeah, yeah. well, it's but I mean the I, I guess the uh, there, there's, but there's, but, there's but the Nazi thing is not something to struggle off. It's, it's it's real. I mean, anyone can search it. You can look it up. Um, it's and and it's, it, this is a documented thing. This is this isn't a tinfoil hat thing. Well, I, I, I absolutely I don't know as much about it as you do, and uh, 
and Kyle, and I, but, but by the way, I'm learning from you guys, and I appreciate that. I, but they're going going back to the. He he alluded way back to like the World War Two Nazi part. Well, hell, just because you you didn't like Stalin, it's not like the, the Ukrainians don't have. It's almost like some of the Irish with the Brits. To say that there's a long-seated hatred of Russia among a lot of these people, it's not like it's not it's not warranted, Jeff. I mean, now whether that should splinter out into some, you know, some white supremacist kind of group, which we have trouble with here, uh, and I, I don't doubt that there that there is an amazing amount of anti-Russian stuff going on in the Ukraine by by groups that are are separatists and are and are, and are causing trouble in those two areas that are mostly Russian. I mean, I, don't, I think you're right. That's been well documented. I mean, and, and if, you know, I'm sure Putin has no problem putting a list of wrongs that you know are pretty darn is a pretty good list. Now, wh- whether that means you get to invade or not, that's where I, I kind of draw the line. I mean, well, that, that's that's where we all draw the line. Yeah, that's exactly right. And bombing innocent civilians and right, but but you know, it's just not surprising that the true victims here are the people of Ukraine and the people of Russia. You know, um, now we're hearing more and more how much, and we're seeing, you know, we're seeing protests, and we're hearing more and more how much the Russians dislike this war, and they do dislike it vehemently. Um, I was speaking to some of our Russian developers just a couple days ago who are fleeing, trying to go to Bulgaria, Romania, or, or wherever, and they said that overwhelmingly the public in Russia is opposed to this war. You know, that it's, it's a good 50%, and then 25% might be in favor of it, but that there is a plurality, and then 25% stay quiet and let's stay out of trouble and, and don't want to disappear, right? But there, there's an overwhelming, uh, plurality of, uh, people within Russia that are vehemently opposed to this war. And they're the victims here as well. Um, not to the same degree, of course, that Ukrainians are. Uh, who are the true victims? But um, but but yeah, it's once again it's it's how our leaders can can disappoint us, right? And there's no better illustration than this. Well, Jeff, I would really like, uh, and it's never going to happen in my lifetime or ever. I would really like some very serious, and I don't see how you can even do it in this country. I would like a very serious investigation. And exactly what all our activities have been in Ukraine in the last 15 years. And, and the money and who did what. I mean, Carl's absolutely convinced that a real lot of the overthrow of the last guy who was a crook and, who, and put this guy in who may or may not be a crook, uh, you know, uh, that a lot of that was our doing, Europe's doing, and the, the meddling is way over the top. Uh, you know, and I, I don't know if he's right, wrong. It wouldn't surprise me. It seems like every, we seem to think we have our business in everywhere. Now, some of it, I think maybe, uh, do I want people to be, if, if the, if the meddling is to get rid of some huge dictator and actually create a democracy, uh, am I, would I kind of roll with that? The answer is probably yes. I don't know that it ever gets to that, Jeff. It's just, our guys go stealing other people's money. Or we send money over there, and our guys steal our money on the way over there. I, I, I'm, I, I'm just getting tired of it somehow. Or maybe the more I learn about it, the more disgusted I get. I, I don't know what it is, but I, I just have a weird feeling about all this stuff. It's sort of, sort of like what you 
are, are more articulate, articulating better than I am. Let's put it that way. But I just got a weird feeling between Flynn and, and, and Biden's kid. And what? Ex- how many thumbs of how many of U.S. thumbs were in the pie over there? For God's sake, and why? Well, you know, we uh, if we had a little bit more open and honest reporting, as opposed to uh, you know censorship of these issues, we probably have a better idea of it, but, but uh, hey, at least we know Hunter Biden's laptop's real now, right? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, these are, I mean, every, every time, every place we send money, do, 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 do a bunch of our people just follow the, follow the money like in a, like smoke out of somebody's behind or what? I, mean, I think they do. Well, on a, a, a ranking, I wish I could cite the source, but I did see a ranking that put uh, Ukraine as the fifth most corrupt government in the world. So, again, you know, things are typically defined by a lesser of two evils. Um, uh, that's our government, and we're, we're going to back them. <laughs> but, that, but don't be mistaken, Ukraine is our government. Uh, it is yeah. a U.S. government. Yeah, and then I think, the, you know, I, I don't really have a, a an issue with Putin being pissed off about that. I don't. I, I just don't no, like. I just, no, not at all. Hey, I, hey, Putin's the thug in this match. There's no question about that. Uh, but that doesn't mean that like, I was having a discussion with Carl and John. Is it, that doesn't mean you get to invade. It, it means you maybe you 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 lost the the, the battle among the crooks. It's like the uh, when the in a sting. You know what? What are I going to accuse him of cheating better than me? Right? Yep. And, uh, and, yep. Uh, you know. He tried to play the game, and how corrupt was his guy? The guy with the huge palace and everything. I mean, it wasn't like he was up for his guy was into good government. That's right. So, yeah. any, so what's the next? So, what's the next edition uh, for? Uh, what, are you, what are you guys coming out with? Are you doing? I hope, are you doing an inflation issue? We already did. Well, we just uh, we did the inflation issue some time ago, um, and uh, that was kind of before inflation got to be where it is now. And then we uh, just recently published uh, our hype issue just a couple days ago. So that uh, that looked at everything that's being hyped right now. So we looked at Kanye West, uh, The Rock, Kathy Wood. Uh, we kind of did an investigative story on on Kathy Wood and her performance over at the Art Funds and and uh, some of the flaws in her whole investment thesis and and how inconsistent it's been applied. And we basically. Um, you know, come to the conclusion that the uh, that the luster has fallen off of that rose and not likely to be not not likely to return. Um, and then we also did a uh, a story on the metaverse, which uh, I just came back from South by Southwest. Uh, Luckbox was down there. You know, we were we uh, passed out the magazine to attendees, and we were uh, involved in some of the programming and conference speaking. And uh, the and South by Southwest in Austin this year was just overwhelmed by Web three, the metaverse, and NFTs, and uh, that seems to be the you know and, and and it's easy to kind of think lightly of that, but but when you see that much brain power and that much money that's focusing in on these markets, uh, you start to realize that hey. This thing isn't going anywhere. The metaverse, uh, whether or not how much of our individual attention it ends up commanding, remains to be an open question. Uh, 
but um, the money being deployed on Web3 experiences in the metaverse, metaverse um, that's, we're in early stages of that. I uh, listened to Kathy Wood, and actually there was a lady on uh, uh, yesterday that was kind of giving the same message for, uh, she was in the, what, Coinbase and, uh, I don't know, a couple other places, and, uh, and it, the, the, the uh, well, the Kathy Wood stuff was way down. They gave her, I'm going to say like an hour on CNBC, which they, they probably shouldn't have, but they did. Not that I'm a producer, I'm not, but, uh, it really, it's almost a, uh, it's, it's like a, the, the thing that I, that I don't, uh, I don't understand, uh, Jeff, is that when you, you, you may have a, uh, you know, a 57 Olds Starfire convertible that I, that I love, but I also know that if you're trying me to get you to pay, get me to pay you a million dollars, I don't love it that much, that there's no, there's no investment that you can totally devoid from the value, and yet these people—I say these people—Kathy Woods and her ilk—they, they, when they get religion on a stack, it doesn't matter what the price is. It's this is the future. These are these are places you need to be in for twenty years from now. Doesn't matter if it's five dollars a share or five million a share. You got to be in. And I—I I don't understand where that where that investing comes from or where that. Where that where that mentality when you're when you're giving other people advice comes from Every, everything is yeah that's it, it, funny you you phrase it that way it harkens back to a phrase of the of the go go dot com period yeah. remember remember growth at any price yeah yeah <laughs> yeah gee that that sounds like a good idea but she was she was almost <laughs> and, and that yeah and that's basically what we called out uh, Ark uh, and Kathy Wood on. Is that not only the obvious valuation problems of, of her holdings, and that it's really a, a closet leveraged, you know, beta fund, basically, you know, with kind of two x of volatility. But but there are, there's other problems. You know, she talks about her fund being about identifying long term disruptors. Yeah. And and over the next five years, and those who are going to be the long term disruptors, but yet she has a very high turnover in her fund. Every time one of her investment theses blows up, she she bails on that company. So if you are truly long-term, and long-term, then you're not you're not flipping shares in your stocks. You should not have a turnover over 50 in a portfolio that's looking at five-year disruptors. So that, that's one real flaw, and I think it shows the kind of hypocrisy of the investment thesis. But more importantly... There, there's few indicators in the stock market that are as reliable as insider trading activity. It's just, it's just a fact, you know. I mean, you can. It's well documented that insiders um, are a leading indicator of further stock action. And during a period of time over the last 12 months, we looked at her top 10 holdings, and there was not one insider who purchased any one of her top 10 holdings. To the contrary, there were $29 billion in sales on her top 10 holdings by insiders in the last year. Wow. And I, <laughs> and I don't think anything could be, you know, kind of demonstrate a, uh, a flawed investment thesis better than that. So, so that's uh, that's the story that's in the uh, current issue of Luckbox magazine, and it's always free at uh, getluckbox.com. 
Well, it's it's funny, uh, kind of along those same lines. Back back in the dot bomb era, back when I had more energy, uh, Jeff, I actually took I don't know, it was ten or twenty of the top dot bomb stocks, right? And they were trading for you know whatever. I'm going to say fifty times revenue, God knows how much times earnings. And I just put a uh, you know an, an Eastern European, not to be uh, politically incorrect. How at least a guy would have, would view a six flat and say, "All right, so you want to sell me your six flat? How much does it make? <laughs> you know, what's the rent? What are the expenses? What are the taxes? Here's what I'll give you. Here's the interest rate. It's a very simple formula, right? And how much are you making? This is what I'll give you. So, I I, I made the assumption that well, at some point, um, if I if I spend a a thousand dollars for in, in stock for this place, I'm going to want you to be making. Eight to ten dollars, and sending me a check for four, right? And I could, so, be that as it may, I know this is very south side. I took the top ten or twenty of these stocks and started looking at their price and how much they had to make and how much they had to sell to, to get to that spot. You know, to where looking at their margin. And I think Jeff, uh, when I got done with about ten of them, I realized that the, the entire GDP of the country would have had to have doubled. Like like one or like one or two of them out of the twenty, probably were going to get there, and they, you know it might have been the apples of the world, it might have been something else, but the other eighteen, no no friggin' way, and the numbers just weren't there. There wasn't enough there wasn't enough water in the ocean to where it, it just didn't ma- it just didn't match up. And then when I listened to her, I mean I'm not taking a shot at her personally, but it, the, it, it, this is a fanatic religion. If if you believe that one of these days we're going to have everything is going to be in the cloud then you must own these five stocks even though they might not even be around or by the way they could be $500 a share and they're not making a dime so I mean it's this this fanatic religion of stuff and you, you, you can't do that as an investor I don't think there has to be some, you, you ought to be able to at least mentally figure out a road map even if it's a 10 year road map how somebody gets from here to there and actually has enough sales and enough earnings to to send you a check, and if you can't get there, you got no business investing there. I don't think. I mean, uh, you can contribute, <laughs> I guess, but uh, you can make a donation, but it sure as hell not an investment. I mean, you, you at least ought to be able to find a way mentally for them to one day send you a check. I mean, if you can't do that, what are you doing? Right. right. Well, she recently went on record as saying that she expects forty percent annual growth in her uh, top holdings. And, you know, those numbers are just off the charts. So, so uh, you know, I, I, I think that we're starting to recast uh, this guru status that the financial media was so willing to assign to Kathy Wood. And uh, I, I think it's, you know, we're looking at her in a more sober light as of, as of late. So I, I, I think that's a good thing. <laughs> well, yeah, but there was a I, – I did a <laughs> – Talk about a, a surly seminar, Jeff. After the the crash of whatever two thousand and one or whatever, one of the stocks that was up there, uh, and that's one of the one of the lessons sort of to be learned, is there were five stocks back in uh, two thousand that comprised forty five to fifty percent of the QQQ, much like there are now, and those those stocks were I believe I believe Dell, Intel, uh, Microsoft, uh, Oracle, and Cisco, I believe. And up until like three years ago, when Microsoft, or maybe five years ago, not one of them had broken through their their high in two thousand. 
and, and like three or four of them still haven't. And right. uh, I mean, so it's you know, it's it's yeah. Microsoft ended up being the one, okay. But and even those guys were locked at thirty-five hours for what five, six years before it started to move up. But Cisco was trading sixty-five hours. The revenue, Jeff, I think was four dollars a share. The revenue. We're not talking about income. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing buying this thing? I mean, at this point, and uh, and yet they never, they never, and yet everything you did, part of the internet was was Cisco router this and that and the other thing. They they never, the the, the stock price had gotten so large, even though the company actually was doing all right as a company. If if, if Jeff was the manager, plus you. And this is, you know, I don't know if you if you uh, got into any of this stuff about you're talking about the insider trading stuff, Jeff. How can I say this politically correctly? I can't. They steal all the money. I mean, the the, the managers at a place take all the. I mean, long before. I mean, I don't know if Cisco even pays a dividend now. I should know. How much money did Jan Chambers make on Cisco? And, and that, the shareholders yeah. never got a nickel ever. Or maybe, you know, yep. maybe, I mean, these these places are not shy about paying themselves big dough when there isn't a nickel of profit. I mean, are, are, is the shareholder even part of the equation? I mean, clearly it isn't in uh, what Google went Class A and Class B, right? Right. I mean, right. You, I mean, does, does anybody think that the, that the shareholder is even part of the equation? Did you guys dig into that at all? Uh, no, no. Um, but I, I know what you're speaking to, and it's completely true. I mean, I, I mean, Eric, Eric brought that up. Uh, he said one of the biggest issues in his mind, uh, you know, he's a liberal writer. He goes, this, this idea of this management class that thinks they, they, they deserve all this money. They're not owners. Because at least when, when Rockefeller, you know, d- did real well and made a fortune, it, it was his money on the line. These, these people don't even put up any dough. You know, it's it's one thing for uh, a a guy to, a guy to invent you know penicillin and be the be the head of a drug company. It's quite another for some guy fifty years later and never did anything to be making the same amount of money as the guy who invented the penicillin. I mean, what, what did he do? Well, and then they uh, took that a, a step further with share class structures that would prohibit a voting class um, and just retain that right among the founders. You saw that with the uh, debut of Snapchat yeah. when that first IPO, that those shares actually had no voting rights for the uh, shareholders. Jeff, I think it, well, we got a dash here to break, but wasn't the rule on the New York Stock Exchange back a ways that the common shareholders had to have a vote or you couldn't get listed there? Or am I wrong on that? I, I, I don't I don't know. I think, but I, it's not it's not anymore. No, God, no. no. If, if it no. if it trades, we want it. Is is now? SP futures yeah. up eight, and SP futures up one. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading 
ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know. All while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities. They play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, hello, Wolfpack, Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen. Eliani on the board. SP Futures up nine. We were up more than that earlier. SP Futures up five. Again, we were up a little more than that, but we're still positive. Uh, uh, the Dow Futures up 148. Most of that is because of... Uh, not sure exactly why I should know, I should know the answer to this, but Nike's up six. It was up seven and a half. Uh, individual stocks got a caterpillar up seventy five cents. American Express up a buck sixty six. So everything just a little bit to the upside. J P Morgan a dollar twenty seven. McDonald's up ninety seven cents, and we've got Procter and Gamble up a dollar sixty eight. So virtually everything green in the Dow except for uh, well, there's a few here. The only one that's down anything is Boeing thirty nine cents with that plane going down. It's just kind of freaky. We'll ask Jeff what he what he's heard about that, but. Uh, Twenty five thousand feet in uh, two minutes. That's uh, that's not good. Uh, over in Europe, we've got the DAX up eighty point six percent. FTSE up thirty two point four. Tech around up thirty one point five. So moderately higher in Europe. Even slow, but but higher. Asia big moves up here. DK up three ninety six one and a half percent. Shanghai up six. Well, that's not a big move. Point two percent. Hang Seng, however, coming back six sixty seven three percent. Alibaba's pop, shares pop eleven percent and. We're not going to let Jeff get away before he tells us all about these Chinese internet stocks and what the hell's going on there. Uh, Dow yesterday was down 201, uh, S&P down two bucks, Nasdaq down 55, so slightly to the downside. Uh, bonds up three basis points, 2.34. 
The Bund up six, but it's a point five one. Japan uh, up up one base point point two two. So again, interest rates continuing to climb. Oil up sixty eight cents, one twelve eighty. Boy, it wasn't a few days ago they were under one hundred, but that sure changed. Uh, Brent up seventy eight cents, one sixteen forty. Natural gas up a dime five. It's over five bucks now. Well, four nine nine five now. Just a click, just as I said, five bucks. Our Bob unchanged three thirty seven. We had gold down five bucks to nineteen twenty four, still over nineteen hundred. So we're down twenty six cents, twenty five oh four. Copper up three cents, four seventy four. And a big move in Bitcoin up to eighteen hundred bucks. That's over four percent to forty two thousand eight eight eight. Eliani, what, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports. Bulls they, lose again. I know they lost again, right? Thanks, Chief. Good morning, everyone. Currently 7.35 a.m. on March 22nd. Let's start with sports. As we just mentioned, the Bulls lost to the Raptors last night, 113-99. and And the Phoenix Suns will be playing the Timberwolves tonight at 7 o'clock in hockey. Coyotes will be playing Kraken tonight at 9 o'clock. And Blackhawks will be playing the Ducks Wednesday at 9 o'clock. Looking at weather this morning, Chicago got a gray day and lots of rain. Currently 53 with a high of 54 and a low of 47. Phoenix, different stories. Currently sunny, 55 with a high of 82, low of 55. Busy morning on the roads in Chicago. Thankfully, no accidents to report, but lots of traffic. Uh, we have traffic eastbound on the Eisenhower between Highway 45 all the way to downtown approaching the 290 I-94 construction intersect. Traffic westbound on the Eisenhower between Damon and 25th. Traffic eastbound on the Kennedy Expressway between the 294 North Tri-State Ramp to Lawrence. Traffic westbound on the Kennedy between Lawrence and Cumberland. Traffic eastbound on the Edens between West Dempster and Canalport. Massive route of traffic westbound Edens between 130th and Foster. Traffic northbound on the Stevenson Expressway between the I-20 connector and South Damon. Traffic southbound on the Stevenson between South Damon and South Central. Traffic northbound on Lakeshore between East 31st and East Grand. And finally, traffic southbound on Lakeshore between Michigan Avenue and East 18th Street. And that is what I have for you, Chief. Wow. Well, why did you say I'll turn, ba- I'd turn back if I were you? Just go home. Yes. <laughs> Jeff, uh... Crazy stuff here. How would you, uh, aren't you happy you weren't on that plane that went down 20-some thousand feet in two seconds? Uh, oh, two minutes, two minutes. Just, just on the Boeing 737, in fact. That's I missed long that. Ago. Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> hey, have they found any reason for that crash yet? That just happened, right? Uh, uh, yesterday morning. No, wow. yesterday morning. Wow. It was yesterday uh, before the show because Boeing was down 12. And but they, mm-hmm. I don't even—it's in the mountainous area. I don't even know if they've got to it yet. Jeez. Yeah, and it, there's no black box or anything, but something. Yeah. Christ. You see something like that, and you're like, well, what, "What in God's name?" Hey, uh, I want to ask you—I'm uh, sure you're aware because there isn't anything I come up with that you're not aware of. What just saw on a, on a CNBC here that the Maryland governor is uh, cutting back on the gas tax because the gas. And uh, we had a—we re- talked the other day. I don't—I don't think you were on. It was—I don't forget who was a co-host, but. Uh, we talked about all these states that are lowering some taxes because of the the largesse of uh, federal government <laughs> and giving them all this essentially COVID money. And a lot of states actually are somewhat flush, um, and so there some are, are lowering taxes. Most of them are are zero, zeroing in on the income taxes if they, especially if they have a graduate. But there's all different things they're doing. Gas tax being one of them, and kind of nobody's really been making a stab at the property taxes yet, at least according to the article we read. Um, what, do you, what do you what do you make of that, uh, Jeff? In the sense that the federal government taxes so much so much differently than the states do that if you if you you know give money from one to the other, now all of a sudden the federal government has to make make up the numbers. They're going to do it differently than the states. And and if maybe we could even narrow it down, do you really want 
Maryland to cut back on the gas tax. Uh, I understand why they're doing it, but you really want them to cut back on the gas tax when the gas tax allegedly, I don't know, I don't know if you ever did an audit on this stuff, allegedly goes for roads and road, road maintenance and just wait for some <laughs> big fat infrastructure bill from Washington. I don't know, Jeff. I, I think that there ought to be. Um, I, 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 thought the, I thought the lottery went uh, uh, to road and road maintenance. In fact, and then wasn't it cannabis uh, sales that were going to take care of that? Well, um, first of all, you know, you're, I mean, it's been so long. I mean, you're these totally tax wrong. Dollars are all fungible, aren't they? I you're, mean, I don't yeah. think they're earmarked for anything. Uh, um, I think that I think I, that idea went out with El Gore's lockbox, right? Well, the, the the lottery was so long ago. It was supposed to be for schools. But yeah. actually, actually I, yeah. I think there still is, for the U.S. gas tax, I think there still is a highway trust fund that pays for, if you, if you get a check for, I mean, first of all, you, who, who pays for, for, for what, Jeff? Uh, I mean, of course, this is all like you say, the money's money. It's like oil, huh? Uh, yeah. yeah. But I, right. I have to believe that interstate highways, like the, the burn interchange, that's an interstate highway, that the federal government, I think, Paid like ninety percent way back in the Eisenhower bill, the Interstate Highway Act, or whatever it was. I think they pay ninety percent, and I'll bet I don't know if they if they pay for like pothole patching. I I think any kind of uh, major re- redo they pay a huge chunk of that. Then the states pay some, and the local pay some. And then there's there's U.S. highways, you know, like twelve and twenty, uh, Lagrange Road, ninety fifth Street, to go all you know cross country. Those I think the U.S. pays a pretty significant percentage of but I think the state highways but the state and local governments have always paid for the majority of the interstate though that has been that is funded by state and local governments all, all over 70 percent I, I know that for certain that's that's something that I looked at not too long ago but um, interstate but for you you're talking but about the highway I trust fund still exists I, I that was established back in the 50s I know you know um and it's a, it's a good question that you raise because it's not just Maryland. There, are, There's about 17 states right now that are looking to provide tax relief on, on gasoline taxes uh, specifically, right? And then there's another five states that are now looking forward at cutting taxes, you know, Massachusetts, right. Arkansas, Connecticut, uh, Tennessee. Those states are looking to change their tax code because they want to be more competitive with the likes of you know, Florida, Nevada, South Dakota, Alaska, etc. Well, yeah, I mean, well, some of it's comp- but also you you got uh, all this money came from the federal government, and didn't when Trump, I'm thinking, uh, way you and I were on, I think when he sent the first salvo of money to the states, wasn't part of the caveat was you couldn't use lose, use the money to cut taxes that you had to actually do COVID related stuff and do things you weren't able to do because of the pandemic? I, I thought I remember that. I, you know, wasn't yeah, there something? I'm not certain, but it would make sense. Well, what the, but there is a, a massive difference between how a state, I guess, I don't know, maybe some people do want it, but what, what you sort of don't want to have happen, I guess, Jeff, or at least not without somebody looking at it, is for a state to cut their income tax. I'm not big on state income taxes, but for a state to cut them income taxes because the federal government flipped them a lot of money, and then all of a sudden the federal government get the money back by raising Social Security tax. I mean, uh, I'm not so right. sure that they... I mean, because everybody... There, there's a huge 
swath here from very regressive to very progressive to God knows what in the middle, right? I mean, it's not it's not a zero sum game. Uh, no, it, it's it, it's not. But it, it understands uh, you know some of the state flight, some of the state migration habits. You've been saying, you know, I mean, clearly these these states are are coming to the conclusion that they're not as competitive as the ones that. Um, you know, have the appeal of a, a no or low tax tax structure. So, I mean, you know, that's why Tennessee is even with, you know, Tennessee's basically eliminated any type of tax on, uh, on any income, you know, along with, um, you know, seven other states. There are now eight states that don't tax any, any income at all. And, uh, as a result of that, other states are trying to, Adjust. So, yeah, you raise a good point. So, when you're cutting your state taxes and receiving federal funding at the state level, uh, there, there's an arbitrage trade there somewhere, but it seems to be benefiting the state residents, right? Well, the I mean, there's always, you know, as we t- as we talked about earlier, uh, Jeff. I think you'll agree with me here. The subject never changes, does it? We talked about Ukraine and who's getting what and where and who's who's financing who. And you can't tell the players without a scorecard. It's sort of the same way here. I mean, I had a, I, I didn't save it. Actually, I saved it, but the, when, they, when Microsoft redid my computer, they, they erased my favorites. But there was a, you know, there's all kinds of, uh, well, there's all kinds of studies of which states benefit the most from federal largesse versus others, right? And, and you really can't take that piece, I think, well, you shouldn't, in my opinion, take that piece out of the equation when you start talking about states that are that are that are cheap to live in, I mean, you can't. For instance, New Mexico, I think is the, is the biggest largest. They get for every dollar that goes to federal government, they get like two and a half back or something, some massive amount. There's out of a hundred thousand people in New Mexico, you know, something like eight thousand of them work for the government. <laughs> you know, and, and not to mention the, the government pension money that goes there. I mean, it's 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 you know, Illinois and California used to be in. Uh, High end of that, but all the all the bases here got closed. What twenty years ago or something? California lost a gazillion bases. I mean, a lot of Florida does exceptionally well federal government money wise. So you so you sort of can't. It's not like your state governments, you know, uh, they're, they're they're Solomon and the other people are idiots. I mean, there's reasons why so many states have tax issues and others don't, and a lot of it has to do with federal largesse that that isn't even to start with, right? So for New Mexico to not have a state income tax. Another thing I read, though, Jeff, is I haven't seen. No, no, no. New Mexico has a. In fact, they do. New Mexico is raising their their rate. Uh, You know, their top their top rate is now five point nine percent. So New Mexico does have a state income tax. Well, some of their and another article that I seem to have lost, and I can't I can't find this one, but but it was really good, Jeff. It had to do with uh, the total cost to live in every state. And uh, the states you would have guessed that would be at the top were not at the top because Wyoming is. I mean, I, I would, that would have been my first state that money wise that you want to live in, right? I don't think they have a state income tax, and, but evidently, no. if if you croak there, their, their state their, their their estate tax puts them like the number one. <laughs> they they take a, a huge uh, uh, chunk out of your dead hide if you die there. You know, so if you, if you take every tax that they that they do, you come up with a different 
a different view sometimes, according to this article, of just saying, well, hell, there's no state income tax in Florida. I'm moving there. But there might be other stuff you didn't think of. Right. And, uh, and I, I have not seen an article like that in really a long time, and this had to be five years ago, so I'm sure it's all changed. But it's it's not all exactly what you and I might think off the top of our head if you, if you add it all together somehow. I mean, Illinois has uh, a, a lot of a lot in the way of property taxes, uh, income tax not horrible, uh, other taxes not so much. You know, so you think it's horrible, and if you're in an area where your property taxes are high, it's really horrible. But other areas, there's no. But I don't think Illinois has any estate tax, do they? I'm not sure. Um, not not a state specific one, I don't believe. No. But I think other states do. I think Iowa does. I, I had no, no idea that, that states had state taxes, but evidently they do. I mean, I, you know, I yeah, was, I mean, but, uh, a, a Forbes did a list not too long ago of the most expensive state. In fact, it's this year. It's a 2022 list. And they list um, as the five most expensive states, Hawaii, followed by California, Massachusetts, New York, and New Jersey. And as the cheapest states to live in, according to Forbes, it'd be Mississippi, Arkansas, Alabama, West Virginia, then Ohio. Well, how does Ohio get in there? That's weird. I don't know. Maybe would you want to go live in Alabama? I don't. Or Mississippi? Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but I think that's the irony when when anyone hears those five. Uh, least expensive states, uh, they better be uh, least expensive because they don't have a lot of um, they don't have a lot of tourist appeal I would say. What, what, what Mississippi, ha- Arkansas, Alabama, West Virginia, Ohio. What would you do if, uh, actually Ohio, I like Ohio, but, uh, but what would you do if like Arkansas was the most expensive state? God. <laughs> who, who the hell would I go there? Just saying. I hope, yeah. you know, I hope we don't have a lot of Arkansas listeners, but the uh, Anyway, but I mean, but this this whole tax. How do you how do you expect the federal government to cover this essentially forty percent or forty five percent gaping hole in their budget? I mean, I, mean I, I don't care who's in charge, put a Republican or Democrat in there. Uh, how long can that go on, Jeff? Well, that's 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 the question that you you talk about every week, you know, on your show, right? Hey, speaking of that, what do you think about Powell's remarks? I, I think, is it inevitable that we're seeing uh, uh, 25 basis points at every meeting going forward? I, I uh, You missed my rant for like the last week and a half. I have never heard so much, so many words that somebody's I be gonna, I be gonna, I be gonna on a guy that, in, in, that, in that kind of a position. He hasn't done anything yet. He put $50 billion, yeah. $45 billion into the into the into the uh, balance sheet last week because the market yeah, was down the do week you, before. I, what do you think accounts for that? I mean, how could you? I, I think, Jeff, if I'm going to buy South Sider, says the man is controlled by people that own assets. They, they're they worried about the inflation, but they're not about to fight inflation with the, with the cost of the market going down. The people that the 1% are still control the guy. And, and, and what you and I talking to regular people, how they feel eviscerated going to the store or buying a house or renting someplace or even buying gas. They, I don't think they give one crap. They, they care about them somewhat. It's not like they're unfeeling people, but they're, they're not about the, the, the stock market is the, is the dog driving the bus. I, I honestly believe that. Cause even yesterday yeah. came out with that stuff and as the day wore on, people goes, he doesn't really mean it. 
How can he really mean it? When the, uh, you watch the money supply number coming out this month, I'll bet we get a, well, even though they still taint it, I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see like a 1.5 CPI number. What, I'll ask you, what did you think of that? Did you see the, uh, did you dig into the PPI at all? Not that, it, not that most people would want to. Did you, we, we came out what, 0.8 something, which was less than the 0.9? Yeah. Did you, did, yeah. You, did you see the yeah. breakdown? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think everything is a little bit distorted right right now. But uh, I think those numbers continue to trend higher. There's no reason, in in the absence of any any new monetary policy, I don't see anything that changes the the trend right now. Do you? Well, I mean, the PPI they they didn't dig on it in the air because it would have been bad radio or bad the, the service part, meaning you and I getting paid, was unchanged. The goods part was 2.4%. That's unbelievable. And if that feeds into the CPI at all, God help us. What are these guys going to do if they get a 1.5% rate? And even though, Jeff, they're, they're totally lying to us on the number because what would you, what's, right. your, what's your, you're, I'm not even going to the hospitalization part, but the rent and the, and the housing, they've got it up 25 to 3% last year. What's what's the number on rent and housing? 12 I mean, are they are they going to yeah. leave that yeah. out forever? They, suppose they put that back in. We we could have a two and a half percent number in a month. Then what are they going to do? Right. Yep. I, I honestly believe it's worse than at any time during the seventies and eighties. Right now, I think the rate right the inflation rate right now is pushing is way over ten. And I think back then, what did it top out at eleven or twelve or something? I think we're we're over that right now. Yep. yep. And uh, what, so what, what if what if I'm right? God, 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 help us! What if I'm right? What do we do? You're going to see very restrictive uh, monetary policy. <laughs> that much for certain, and it's going to come as a shock to the markets and as a shock to the political class, and it's going to upset voting. I mean, yeah, I mean, but we've we've seen this coming now for four years, four or five years. I don't. This is not a new story. Um, it, would you take the bet if I if I would, I, would you take a, a bet for an adult beverage, a nice beer, that that these idiots come up with some some kind of wage and price controls? Boy, talk about hearkening to uh, going back to back to the future. Um, yeah, it's not impossible when you have no other ammunition. If they choose not to use the only the only tool that they really have. Um, that's the only thing left. It's a possibility. What uh, and you know, I think you, I think you should be taking advantage of the the markets on call sheet. We've talked about it before, and you know, we follow uh, a Luckbox magazine. We make a point of following prediction markets very, very closely. And uh, at call sheet, K A L S H I, that is a CFTC regulated exchange that allows you to vet. Uh, you know, wager on events, and um, they have interest rate markets. They have, you know, specifically what the Fed's going to do at the next meeting, uh, at the March meeting, at the July meeting, and you can actually wager on, you know, uh, and people are using these markets as hedges now, um, but you can actually make bets on uh, what what the Fed funds rate will be as a result of an upcoming Fed meeting. And those those markets are starting to get some good traction. You know, people are recognizing these as a kind of an alternative investment and a 
kind of a unique form of hedge. But currently in the, um, at the, uh, let's see, at the March meeting, the, the bet is a 39% probability that the, um, let's see, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, excuse me one second. The bet is 39 cents that the, that the CPI will increase by more than 1% in March 2022. Oh, this is CPI bet. So you can bet, uh, there's a 39 cent bet, a 39% probability. It's a binary option, so buying yes at 39 cents pays a dollar, so that's about a, what, a 150% return. So you can, there's a 39% probability that uh, the CPI will increase 1% in March of 2022. And these kind of uh, these kind of wagers are getting a lot of traction uh, over the policy. This uh, this new exchange. Wow, it's a uh, it's interesting. Now, the question is, are we going to get? Uh, you know, was I critique me here? Because when, when I was doing all my CPI work uh, back when I was at Pullman, uh, of course, my brother is uh, quick to point out that what kind of idiots were you to use a CPI for a railroad car? You should have been using like the metals indexes and other stuff, which is I'm sure true. <laughs> but the fact is the, uh, the, the, the authorities, the cities that were buying the cars, they wanted to use the CPI, you know, so you basically, you did what your, your client wanted to do. Right. Uh, but yep. I, I don't, I don't really recall back in those days, any real, I mean, nobody ever really, uh, pitched a huge bitch that, uh, what are you doing using the CPI? It's not at all conducive to what's going on in the world. I think the, the CPI now has been rigged for twenty years. I mean, uh, sure. And I yeah. so I don't know. I'm not when I, before I make that bet. I mean, when you look at it, I mean the, the housing thing just jumps out at you. It comes out. And what, what do you mean two and a half percent? I mean, find find me anybody who's rent went up two and a half percent. I mean, where, where does that guy? Um, yeah. So right. I mean, I and then you look at the, the hospitalization piece for the last twenty years where it's. Six percent of the basket is twenty percent of the economy. Well, that—that's a problem, uh, right? I mean, uh, so I don't know. It's almost like these—you know—these guys are kind of rigging this whole mess. But I don't know how they. I honestly, when Powell goes to sleep at night, how, how does he figure he's going to get out of this? I mean, well, I don't know. Plus, plus this this market prediction markets are usually pretty accurate, and they they've got uh, seven point uh, seven percent or seven tenths of one percent at a ninety four percent probability in March. So that is, uh, you know, you've got a strong consensus on continually uptrending inflation. And back to your question, there's only one way to get out of it, and that's they've got to start more aggressive, you know, restrictive monetary policy. It's just, I don't know what they're waiting for. I would, uh, if it was me, though, I would not do, I think Volcker was, was very wrong in the way he went about it. Really, Jeff, I really do. I, I don't think he needed to drive... Um, I, right now, I would just I would have a goal at money supply growth at three percent. It's now thirteen or thirteen and a half, and I would just get it to three, and 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 wait out the inflation. I wouldn't I wouldn't go to try and go negative and all the other stuff like he did to actually yep. fight it down. I would I, I would wait it out because I think you you bury people if it goes that high. I mean, I, I think I'm, the more I think about it, Jeff, I wish I could, you know, if I could. Uh, clone the guy and find out. I think they put the savings and loans out of business on purpose. The banks made them. The, the, the banks were behind that. I don't. I don't think they ever had to go that high. I think half of those places could have been saved, and our mortgage market would be a hell of a lot better than it is right now. 
I don't I don't think he had a he had to be that vindictive to those industries. Um, just saying. I mean, as, as I as I look at it historically, you look at the amount of people that ended up through the resolution trust with other people's property. Those, the, those I think those people were driving the bus. I mean, I, I mean I'm getting to be more and more conspiratorial as I get older. But same thing happened in 2007, 2008. How many people ended up with other people's houses at a price that the other guys could have paid if they just could have refinanced, right? Just, I mean, uh, you look at all this stuff, it's like Ukraine. You, you can't tell the knaves from the other people and we're not a scorecard, right? That's right. So, uh, so uh, you guys, uh, were you guys a big hit out there? I bet you were, real quick. Uh, yeah, we had our art and design issue out there, so it was really built for the South by Southwest audience and heard a lot of good music. And, uh, you know, it was a good conference. I have to admit, I'm, I'm usually pretty cynical about conferences, but... South by Southwest has a lot of uh, forward-looking thinkers who are rooted in the reality of, of, of business as opposed to, you know, being wishful visionaries. So, uh, well, good for you. Yeah. It sounds, sounds like fun, but SP Futures up 16, back up near our highs here. NSA Futures up 28, uh, back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again.